Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up? Welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 8. My name is Kyle Corwin. I'll be your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. What's up, what's up, people? I feel like I need like a like a dj khaled type call out you know what you i need, mean yeah you need a little little intro a little spice to your intro there yeah i'm gonna like like yell out like dj nate, <laughs> nate. Time, I think. that's good i like that yeah. yeah you got a you got a week to figure it out for next week fair um but before we get started i've got some i've got some good news but i've got some bad news what do you oh. what, what do you want to hear first i'll give you I'll, no i'll give you the bad news bad yeah. news I'm going to have to be heading back home tomorrow because I don't know if you've heard, there's a massive storm headed directly for us. Yeah, dude. I was going to ask you about that. How's it going down there? Haven't seen hardly any rain, which is honestly scaring me a little bit because we're supposed to get up to 20 inches and wow, I'm not really looking forward to that. So I'll be, I'll be heading back. Uh, well, I guess today officially, cause it's now, it's now Wednesday. But I'll be I'll be heading back, uh, staying there for the weekend. So hopefully I don't come back to a flooded apartment. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. But the good news that what's going to be getting me through this whole experience is my boys clinched playoff spot tonight. That's not good news. In case there was any doubt, because I was actually listening to the game tonight, and the commentator was like. Well, they're a win away from clinching a spot in the wild card game, and I just I had to laugh a little bit because I knew that that's where your boys are going to end up. We're just kind of it's kind of like the 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 monopoly where you're you're not in jail, you're just visiting. Kind of just, you're just just still, hanging out a little bit. I'm still keeping the faith. Got to keep the faith. I mean, you're running out of time, but uh, yeah, yeah, especially by getting throttled by the twins tonight. Yeah, they're they were having a quality quality year. They're not even above five hundred, if I recall. Brutal, Indians, so painful. Indians really putting a shellacking on that division. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on to some this day in baseball history. Let's uh, let's enlighten some people with some facts. Nineteen thirty, September twelfth is the date. Nineteen thirty, the last bounced home run is hit by Dodger catcher Al Lopez at Ebbets Field. Now the National League had implemented this rule the ground rule double rule before the 1931 season the al as with pretty much everything they're just better they're smarter they did it the year before so they actually implemented ground rule double before the 1930 season so they already had it figured out they knew hey this rule needs to be enacted enough with these these home runs these cheap home runs let's figure it out the national league of course late to the party does it a year later but 
September 12th, 1930, like I said. Last bounced home run hit by Dodger catcher Al Lopez at Ebbets Field. Pretty fascinating. See, this is interesting because obviously before Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth was the leader at, uh, what do you get, 715, right? 714? Yep. How many of those were bounced? Because so he was, he was I had, playing before 1930. I know, and I had a feeling you would ask that. I did some research. Apparently, which I, I don't know how they would know this or how they'd be able to track it, but apparently not one of Babe Ruth's home runs was a cheapie. Wow. Nice. That's what I like to hear. I feel better. <laughs> it's what they said. I don't know, but don't know don't how, don't know how much stock to put into that, but <laughs> uh nineteen seventy nine, Carl Yastrzemski hits his three thousandth hit, collects his three thousandth hit in a nine to two Red Sox victory over none other than the New York Yankees. It's just a always just just a beautiful thing. There goes the ground ball. Base hit. Number 3,000. Yastrzemski's got it. And all hell breaks loose at Fenway Park. You're watching it. We're not going to play baseball for a while. They've got microphones, cameras. The long, long trail is ended. It took him three days and 13 trips to the plate to get his 3,000th hit from hit 2999. Because, as they always say, the hardest hit is a 3,000th hit. I feel like that's just natural with guys when they're right on the brink of a like a big number like that. It takes And them, then you see, not, not to mention that, you see kind of like a letdown after. You know what I mean? Like specifically this year, the only one I can think of is, is uh, Stanton getting his, I think it's a 300th home run of his career and not only did it take him a little while but now he's in like a really long skid since then it's been a couple weeks i mean he's been a skid for most of 2018 but we'll ignore that uh another another interesting fact about yastrzemski he was actually the first american leaguer to have 3,000 hits and 400 home runs uh so that's that's quite the resume uh, moving on, 2002, this is the fun one. In 2002, on September 12th, a jury will decide whether Alex Popov actually controlled Barry Bonds' record-setting 73rd home run in his glove. Now, I don't know if you've heard much about this or like if if you remember any of this going down. I personally didn't remember a whole lot about it. but No, not too much. Enlighten me. I'll give you a little... Give you a little backstory here so the home run was hit at then pack bell park which is now at&t park uh on sunday october 7th 2001 this is nearly a year prior to this decision that i'm referencing for this day in baseball history so this guy popov lost possession of the ball which the ball was valued at approximately a million dollars the guy was mobbed like as you'd imagine everybody's going for it But this guy, Patrick Hayashi, ends up with the ball. They, they actually have video of it. So the guys are scrambling for the ball. And Hayashi, <laughs> Hayashi's standing there. He gets up. And everybody's on the ground, like, scuffling for it. And he just shows the camera guy the ball and, like, smiles. And nobody has any idea what's going on. It's actually pretty funny. You should look it up. 
but apparently he was one of the guys down there wrestling the fans and he apparently bit somebody which a little much uh but yeah he a million bucks i'm by he ended up with the ball so this pop-off guy sued hayashi um but nearly a year and a half after the home run was hit a judge finally ordered the pair to sell the record-breaking ball and split the proceeds the case ended in a nationally televised auction where the ball fetched four hundred fifty thousand dollars less than half its estimated value oh lame that's super lame yeah so after the home run ball sold for less than what everyone had expected, Hayashi, this is this is fascinating. Hayashi's lawyers knew that once they were paid, he would be left with basically nothing. So they actually waived most of the legal fee, and he said he was able to keep. Hayashi said he was able to keep enough of the money to pay his tuition to earn a master's degree in business administration, plus other bills from living a year and a half as the centerpiece of a high-profile case. That's pretty high class on on part of the lawyer on the lawyer's part. Yeah, seriously. But like, oh man, what a lame ruling. You know what I mean? Come on, decide whose it is. One of them gets it. One of them doesn't. I mean, I is there? There's no rule about biting and scrapping. Yeah, you know. What I mean, I'm saying? In, but the thing is, is in the video, this pop off guy, you can see him catch the ball. Like the whoever was doing this recording for this documentary which apparently used to be on Netflix. I don't think it's on there anymore. But he no, was, nothing he, good is on Netflix yeah, anymore. That's, that's a great point. He, <laughs> uh, he was recording it, and he, he's got Popoff catching the ball. But then, before you know it, they're on the ground, like I said, scuffling around, and this Hayashi guy ends up with it. But very uh, very fascinating piece of this day in baseball history, I will say. It's a lot of, a lot of drama surrounding this one. I like it, and not to mention his, his, his last name kind of sounds sneaky, like Hayashi. Yeah, I just, I just Hayashi, that I got ball, the ball from you. Yeah, I just four hundred k from you. Yeah. So speaking, I mean, we all know I don't like Barry Bonds. So speaking of other aspects of baseball, I don't like. Let's uh, let's talk about the Yankees. Let's talk about yeah. your your blessed Yankees. I'll, I'll give you a C a C minus on that transition. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let C-. you uh, I'll let you run the table on this one. What do you got? <laughs> Okay, so basically, you know, it's it's been kind of up and down, obviously, for, for our starters. Um, and so tonight we're kind of going to discuss the most likely inevitable wildcard game. Um, and it's looking more and more like it's going to be the Oakland A's. Unless anything crazy happens, then it would be the Houston Astros. I think uh, we discussed last week that Seattle's pretty much out of it. Um. But the discussion specifically with the Yankees is who that starter is going to be. Severino has just been atrocious for probably pushing the last two months. Uh, Can't locate his fastball. Slider just looks like it's spinning. Um, Every once in a while tries to throw a changeup. But for the most part, he's a two-pitch pitcher, and neither of those are working right now. you know, he has the velocity, the fastball. He just can't spot it right now. And there's been some rumors that he's tipping pitches, but who knows? I mean, it, it's been bad, but, you know, the kind of the bright side of things is that Tanaka has looked pretty good lately. Um, had a start against Seattle recently a few days ago, went eight innings pitched, only gave up three hits, struck out 10, and no walks and no one runs. So, 
that was a bright spot. And then his last start before that was against Detroit, seven innings pitch, only one and run. So, you know, I know it's Seattle and I know it's Detroit. Not the most explosive, impressive offenses, but it's uh, there's such thing as riding a hot hand. And, well, I think uh, the Seattle game, uh, that was a game. Didn't he go eight innings that game or was that? Yeah. Was that yep. seven? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, granted, they're, they're kind of on a downward spin here but i mean it's, it's I, not a bad lineup it's right? not a it's not a bad no it's, it's not a bad lineup it's not a bad game to be successful in i mean it's not like you're pitching against the twins yeah yeah but uh he's no, definitely think... he's definitely made an improvement because in august i pulled up some some numbers he was oh and three in august with a four four era he had an opposing batting average of 307 which that's not good huge that's big but, but in September, you know, he's he's uh, in comparisons two and zero, like you said, ERA of 0.6, 16 strikeouts between those two starts, not one home run, only one walk, posing batter an average of one eight nine, which is much better. Yeah, and what you're seeing, I think specifically, and we can kind of touch on this a little bit when uh, we get to our next topic, but. He definitely is used to that extra day off that they do in Japan. I know he's been here a few years, but the Yankees have sort of accommodated for him of giving him extra rests. For example, tonight against the Twins, um, Sonny Gray was the starter, opener, whatever you want to call him. You know, so they're mixing in bullpen days to get, you know, guys like Tanaka and CC some extra rest. And I think we're going to see that throughout September. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Tanaka stays hot until the playoffs start. Yeah, I mean, he's got – I pulled up his postseason numbers. He's got a ERA of one four four in four postseason starts. So, I mean, if history is an indication of anything, that might end up being your guy. But I do know that there's guys calling for Hap to be the the go-to guy. I don't really know how I feel about that. Yeah, I can't do that. I – I mean, if I were you, I'd probably be pulling for Tanaka. Yeah, I think so. We saw um, and kind of tying in the A's a little bit. The last series against the A's last week, um, Severino, CC, and J Hap are the starters of that series. Obviously, Severino didn't do well. We all saw that on a Sunday night game. Um, but I think there's something in the fact that Tanaka hasn't thrown against the A's this year. And I think it's kind of a sneaky, we're not going to show you him until the wildcard game. And I think that may be a hint at the fact that Severino won't be starting that that wildcard game. I'm going to credit that to coincidence and not a result of uh, Boone's management because we all know that he is a clown and has yeah, no it's clue a little what too much doing. credit. Yeah, it's a little too much credit. That's fair. <laughs> um, so... You know, I, I don't know. It's it's super uncomfortable, uh, unconfident baseball being played by the Yankees right now. Um, in my opinion, when it comes to the matchup, um, when it comes to that A's matchup, what I would com- be comfortable seeing is, uh, you know, a healthy Aaron Judge in right field, Giancarlo Stanton in left field, uh, Gary Sanchez DHing and Austin Romine catching, and then uh, Tanaka on the hill. 
that's my comfortable lineup. I don't want to say safe, but it sounds, I guess, reliable would be the better word based on what we've seen as of late. I think that's going to be your best bet. We'll see if Boone uses his brains a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Because, I mean, Judge has, you know, apparently been hitting and throwing again. I personally expect him back in about a week, um, enough to where he can get a good chunk of ABs before playoffs start because, you know, he's – obviously we can't do rehab starts anymore in the minor leagues because they're pretty much rounding out their season down there. So, Well, well, you know what? I'll tell you who doesn't need a rehab start, and that's Shohei Otani. Can we talk about him a little bit? Yeah, dude, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, were you when this came out about his him needing Tommy John? I was not surprised by it in the least. What I was surprised about was the fact that he hit two home runs, totaling four hits the night that they announced it. I was a little taken aback by that. I'm not gonna lie. Kind of cool, but that probably tells you that he got like shot in the elbow with some some cortisone shot or something like that, right? Yeah. No, I don't even mean. In regards to the treatment, I'm just saying, like mentally, I don't <laughs> like. I don't even know how you kind of wrestle no, with like, yeah. oh yeah, I guess I'm out for all of next year, but I'm just gonna go out and hit two home runs. Like I just don't understand how people how how he was able to do that. Yeah, I uh, mechanically, because I I feel like everyone's been saying his futures in pitching. Um, I'm saying the opposite. I I agree. I I like his swing. He's long, he's lanky, he's good on the base paths, he's got long strides. He's huge. He's like six five, isn't he? Yeah. And it uh right now he's slashing two ninety four, three seventy five, and five ninety five, which considering kind of the ups and downs of this year that he's had to encounter, not yeah. a, not a bad line. Yeah. He um I think he's been good. And I, I think here's the question is that I, I understand Tommy John necessity for pitchers. Can he play in the field? Can you deal with that, that you know, needing surgery in the elbow thing and still play the field? Right. Because, like, if you're going to have him in the lineup and now we're talking about Albert Pujols being done and having surgery, is Albert Pujols back to the DH role next year? Does that mean Otani needs to play the field? You know, right. So it's going to be interesting, but I'm I'm going to clarify this right now. I I don't think he's the rookie of the year for the AL, and I know it's going to sound biased because obviously I'm a Yankees fan. It's going to come out biased. They're going to go with Miguel. I'm going Miguel and Duar. He's he's played 40 more games. You know, he's been consistent playing wise. Um, uh, this is kind of a cool stat. Uh, I don't know how you want to take it, but I think it's impressive. Um, the last Yankee rookie to have 20-plus home runs and 40-plus doubles is Joe DiMaggio. So mm. it's been a while since we've seen this performance in pinstripes. It's pretty good company. It's pretty good company. I mean, it, that's heard, a feat. I heard he was, he was all right at baseball. Yeah, I, I think some people have heard of him. But, I mean, it's he's he's been good. You know, I, 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 do you agree? Like, I know you're going to be obviously biased on the opposite side. I mean, 132 games, he hasn't been injured. He's been consistent, and he's hitting in the heart of the order. 
Like that's no, gotta I mean, be rookie of the year stuff. I mean, I hate the Yankees, but I'm I'm at least rational enough to look at this and be like, okay, I think it's your boy. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, as as with anything in baseball, there's always going to be people who are clamoring for Otani to get it, but I don't know. I just feel like kind of with what you just dissected with games played. I mean, I think it's tough to go against. Uh, Anduhar, but yeah, and get out of my face with this war crap because they're <laughs> adding the war of Otani as a hitter to the war uh, as a pitcher. So obviously his war is going to be better because he's getting two different opportunities, and not to mention he never plays defense. So like, stop with the war. That doesn't count. Well, you clarified a little bit, and I was going to clarify something as well. When I say that I feel like his future's in hitting, I'm not taking away. Th- from the fact that he's a great pitcher. Like he's obviously very talented. I mean, you, you have to have it figured out to be able to pull off the two way route in the major leagues. You just don't see it every day. So obviously he's proven himself in that regard, at least initially. Um, I mean, he's pitched in 10 games this year. He's got a granted. I'm not a big fan of the win loss statistic, but he is four and two over the course of those 10 games. He's got an ERA of three, three, one, uh, he's thrown in 51 innings. He's got 63 strikeouts and a whip of 116, which not bad for that that sample size. But I just think his upside, kind of like we talked about, like with his size and his swing, I just think he has much more potential. I think the ceiling is much higher uh, at the yeah. plate for him. So yeah, and it's and it's good to see. I as a hitting coach, I'm I'm proud to see a guy making the adjustments he did because he was atrocious in spring training with a big leg kick. Uh, all of a sudden he gets rid of the leg kick, gets a little heel lift on his front side, puts it back down and he gets the bat to the ball. So he's, his timing is much better. And I think that's the success you've seen hitting wise in the regular season. Um, so that that's cool to see a, a guy make that adjustment and it be that drastic in a positive way for him, you know? Yeah. But he still strikes out a lot. So, you know, it's, I don't know, man, I, but I'm not surprised when it comes to the, the Tommy John stuff. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I feel like pretty much every big Japanese pitcher that comes over to the U S ends up having some type of arm issue. And well, I mean, uh, at this point, I'm starting to think almost any pitcher in baseball now is prone to this Tommy that's John fair. deal. Cause but I say that at the same time, it's not it to me. It doesn't have the stigma that it used to because I feel like the 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 surgery, um, like the ability for these doctors to kind of do their business and have these guys out on the field within a year, twelve months, or however long the the, the process takes. I right. feel like the success rate on that is is very high, and these guys, as we've seen, some sometimes they come out throwing even harder, um, which beats me how that how that works i'm not a i'm not a pitcher i don't really know the the signs behind that but um i don't know i mean it doesn't it it doesn't worry me it it definitely sucks to see these guys going down for seasons at a time but um yeah at the end of the day it it doesn't surprise me it didn't surprise me and i'm i'm not gonna be surprised when i see other big names go down this year next year as well yeah it's 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 tough but I mean, that's what we're getting with the uh, 
throw the hardest, hit the furthest, hit the hardest, you know, mentality that we're in now. Yeah. Everything's tracked by numbers. You know, we're, we're in this stat cast era and, um, which is kind of catchy by the way, the stat cast era. It's like, <laughs> we haven't had an era since the steroid era. Yeah. So this is nice to have a new era. Yeah. We got to, we got to attach, attach this era to something. We might as well just attach <laughs> it to numbers, I guess. Uh, bringing it back. You had a little, you had a little idea earlier this week that you ran by me, so I'll let you kind of run through it. For something our, uh, new, right? Like something fresh, where we're not too much current events. Um, we're gonna talk about the 2019 upcoming free agents, and so a little bit of fun that Kyle and I are gonna have is if we're, we're gonna play GM, and we're gonna have unlimited amount of money. And we're going to sign one free agent at each position and build a lineup off of that. So do you want to go first? Do you want me to lead it off? No, you got it. I'll let you lead off. I'm curious here who you got. And okay. as a qualifier, I tried to stay away. I mean, it, it's kind of hard in certain positions to not go with the big name. But I tried to, I tried to mix it up a little bit. I mean, I knew we kind of had – unlimited money working but i wanted to i wanted to get a little creative with it so i tried not to just take the the biggest name that popped on the screen as soon as i saw it i i wanted to i want to have a little fun with it i feel like we kind of took the similar approach but obviously gotta somewhat sign the the dude you know what i mean all right so for me my leadoff hitter is a little different because he's a little bit older but i'm gonna go Nick Markakis, and he's going to play right field for me. Um, left-handed bat, you know, had a, you know, having a good year this year. Made his first All-Star game earlier. He's slashing 307, 371, and 460. Not a big slugger, but he gets on base. So, decent leadoff guy for me. And you're going to be impressed with this, this lefty-righty, you know, back and forth in my lineup. Good luck getting a reliever in here. Um... Hitting second is going to be DJ LeMahieu playing second base for me. All right. Um, you know, solid glove, really good glove. Um, two gold gloves and two all-star games. He's 30 years old, still plenty left in the tank. Um, you know, career 299 hitter with a career 352 on base. So I will take that all day in the two-hole. This is where I cheated a little bit. Um, I'm sliding Bryce Harper to center field. He's going to play center field for me and hit third. Um, obviously, we all know what he's done. You know, he's rookie of the year, seven-time All-Star, former MVP. He's won a Silver Slugger award. So best hitter in the league. Yeah, kind of speaks for itself. So he's my three-hole. This one's also obvious, but again, lefty, righty, lefty. Here comes righty. Manny Machado is going to play short. Pretty clear on that one. Um, awesome glove. Having a good year combining the numbers between the AL and the NL. Uh, 33 home runs, 90 RBIs to date. Um, hitting 301. He's going to hit fourth. Uh, hitting fifth. And I don't know if you did the same route, but I'm going DH. Uh, Nelson Cruz is going to DH for me. I know he's 38 years old, but the dude hits tanks still. Because this year he's got 34 home runs and 84 or 85 RBIs. Yeah, he's killing. So like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, 
So hitting uh, sixth is going to be – this is where I cheat in the outfield again because I have three right fielders technically. But Carlos Gonzalez is going to play left field for me. Um, you know, he's got 230 career home runs, 770 career RBIs, three gold gloves, two silver sluggers. So, I mean, the guy, I think he's still got it. I know he's 33, but like, we're that's pretty much the average age for our free agents, you know? Uh, after that, it's gonna be Josh Donaldson playing third. Um, you know, former MVP, he's gonna be solid. Uh, Matt Adams is going to play first base for me, hitting eighth. Um, you know, solid veteran, got some pop. Uh, he's 30, so he's still got some left in the tank. And then my switch hitting catcher to round out my lineup will be Yasmani Grandal. Not bad. He's only got, he's only got seven errors on this season, so dude is solid behind the dish. But then my, uh, my starting pitcher is going to be Patrick Corbin. Not bad, not bad. Right, just trying to get through that lineup. That's I'm, tough. That is tough. I'm I'm surprised. I thought we'd have more uh more matchups, but I mean we got a few, uh, but not as many as I thought. I'm gonna roll through mine here. Um, let's see what we got. Uh, leading off, I've got Daniel Murphy playing second, just because the dude rakes. Uh, shortstop can't stand Manny Machado. I don't want that cancer in my in my clubhouse. I'm going to go with Jose Iglesias strictly because of the defense. Dude's a vacuum. Ooh. Dude's a vacuum up the middle, especially in his uh, brief time with the Sox. Uh, I was able to watch him. Um, Batting third, got Bryce Harper for reasons you already listed. DH, uh, got Carlos Gonzalez hitting fourth, uh, hitting fifth, playing first, Matt Adams. My catcher, which I thought you were, you would go with this too. I got Wilson Ramos, and the only reason I did that is because he's one of the only premier catchers that's not like thirty-five or older. <laughs> um, because if you look at the catchers that are available in free agency, they're—I mean, I—I I guess it's a more common thing with catchers, but they're just old. And so I was like, not only is Wilson a great hitter. He still has some time left. Um, hitting, what is that? Seventh. We got Nick Markakis, um, similar to you. He's playing right. Nice. Third base. Now this, is this will catch you off guard, but I don't know what it is about him, but I, I'm a huge fan of this guy. I like to think that I modeled myself after him when I was in college, just in terms of, He's not a stud by any means, but it's just something about the way he plays the game. I love it. Third base, I'm going Will Middlebrooks. Don't again, wow. again, don't know why. I think maybe I might have taken the defensive route with with my team. Dude's uh, not not terrible there at the hot corner. Um, so being a left left side of the field guy, I've got a pretty pretty solid left side of the field. Um, and then he's batting eighth, and then batting ninth. I'm going with Marwin Gonzalez in left field. And my pitcher... That, was, that my, was definitely one of my ideas, was Marwin Gonzalez. I like that. Yeah, and my pitcher is going to be Dallas Keuchel. And the reason I went with those two guys, they can play well, but I'm going with them because they've got the winning pedigree. They they know what it's like kind of playing with Houston, being 
kind of on the ups and downs of that franchise. Uh, so being able to bring that into a clubhouse, I feel like would be a value. So that's my, we lineup. should be, we should be GMs. Uh, I mean, if be we're co-GMs, I mean, if we're dealing with unlimited funds, then I'm all for it. Co-GMs. Let's go take over. Who do you want to take over? Let's take over the Padres. Mm, that'd be nice. Ooh. We'll live in San Diego. Yeah, I was about to say, living in San Diego, that's not not yeah. too bad of a gig. We'll we'll take over the, the GM roles there and just sign studs. And here's what we need to do. Here's what I think we should do. We should post each respective lineup and see who gets the most most love on social media. How do you feel about that? I'm down for that. Even though a little I, challenge. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're probably going to get the lineup vote, but... And this the same thing happens to me in like fan, when I play fantasy. I I'm terrible at fantasy, and it's because I, <laughs> I it's because I don't go by the numbers. I just go by like my gut, and my gut is almost always wrong with this stuff. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure my lineup would get pounced by your team. Um, all right, all right. You won't you won't be the GM, but I'll invite you to some games. Yeah, I can be like <laughs> I can be like the director of personnel. I can be like the I can be the calm, cool head in the dugout or something. I don't know. That's fair. Can, That's fair. I can figure it out. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. I'm, the more I look at it, the more disappointed I am. Yeah, my lineup's like an all-star lineup. I don't even remember half of yours, honestly. Exactly. That should go show you how <laughs> bad it is. <laughs> I mean, Josh Donaldson hit in seventh for me. I'm stacked. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think to put him in just because of his history of injuries. Um not to say that he's not talented. He obviously is. We've talked about him on here before, but I don't know. I didn't have to think too hard about that one. Thinking back to my selection process, I think that was one of the ones where I kind of wanted to stay away from the big name and kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, to tie in some some reality in our little fantasy land, um, do you think – Either Bryce Harper or Manny Machado will get a $400 million contract this year, next year. Hmm. What was, what did Harper, what was his big contract in DC? Do you remember? Mm, I don't. I wanted, it wasn't great. I mean, it was a lot. Yeah. I don't remember it being that much. It was a lot per year, but it wasn't like a big contract. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a Stanton mega contract. Yeah. I, I would guess like probably like 160, 170. I'm Maybe. Just, I'm just thinking because I know that I, I think we've mentioned it on here before, but way back before he just started stinking it up this year, um, people were calling or and people weren't calling for it. There was rumors going around that he'd be the first ever $500 million contract, which at this point is not going to happen. No, but for your, sure. Not but your question of 400 million. Ah, I think it depends who, who's buying him, who's picking him up. Because if he ends up in either LA or Chicago, which are the two landing spots that I think he'll end up at, I think they can afford him. I mean, I know LA can afford him in 
I would think Chicago could afford him too, but I don't think Chicago would want to spend that much money considering kind of the pieces they have already. So he's currently sitting, uh, he's finishing up his two-year $35 million contract. And he made $21.6 million this year. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm going to stick with that. I think wherever he, wherever he ends up will determine whether or not he can achieve that. I don't think, I think it's less about what he brings to the table and more who's, who's the one going after him. Like if LA, I think if does LA he is pull, going after him. Do, does he pull like the, the golden state warriors route and just take like a cheap contract to go be on a stacked team? I really don't think so. Harper is too. I don't know. I think Harper. It's not like he's. It's not like he hasn't gotten paid yet. That's true. But watching him as much as I did, like back home up in DC, I don't think he really cares. I mean, he might say he he's concerned with like rings and championships and stuff. I honestly think the dude just wants to be the face of a franchise and get a paycheck. I really. That's really what I think it comes down to. I and, agree. And so I think. He's that's going to be at the forefront of his decision making process, and I think L.A. To me, I think L.A. is going to be the top choice in his mind in that regard. It might not be the team that comes after him the hardest, but I think in his kind of thought process, I think that's where he'll be at. So, I, maybe, maybe L.A. will throw that much money at him. I guess we'll see. I hope not. Uh, yeah. I, it's definitely not making five hundred million. We know that. Well, I'm I'm gonna be curious to see who ends up getting that deal. It's not gonna be Harper. If if we're talking guys who should be making five hundred million dollars, it should be Mike Trout. But L.A. is just the the other team in L.A. is out there just wasting his career. So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with him. Yeah, and Mike Soch is like quitting, but not quitting, sticking around. Like, come on, you suck. You've been <laughs> mediocre for years. Time for you to go. Yeah. He's a, they need to figure it out out there. We've got a national treasure playing out there in center field, and you barely even hear about it because he plays on a suck team. Seriously. Well, speaking of 2019 free agents, Kyle, if you want to go see any of these players, how should you go about buying those tickets? Well, I've got an answer for you. I've got a solution. It's SeatGeek. Do you need tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your purchase as a first time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Again, enter promo code DTD at checkout and you will save $20 instantly. You know, I balled out on that transition. That was amazing. That was, that was, that was quality work. I'll give that to you. Yeah. You know who else is dealing with quality work? Oh boy. Chris sale. And you know who's the subject of my unpopular opinion today? Chris Sale. My unpopular opinion this week 
Episode 8, September 12th, 1.43 a.m. You cannot rule out Chris Sale for the American League Cy Young. You can throw all these numbers at me about innings pitched, games missed. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. Chris Sale leads the group of contenders in ERA, WHIP, strikeout to walk ratio, WAR. <laughs> hate to say it. And a side note: the past twelve years of Cy Young winners in both the AL and the NL, sixteen of the twenty-four winners led in WAR, and sixteen of the past twenty-four also won the statistical category of wins, which, like I already said, I hate that stat because it doesn't indicate anything in regards to a pitcher's success. Nope. And although he's not at the top of that category, he leads, in my opinion, far more important statistical categories. I mean, I've, I've heard people throwing around Blake Snell as a possible candidate for this award. I don't think he's going to get it. We've got guys well above his level right now at least what about Uh, Verlander yeah I mean Verlander's a strong favorite I mean he's got an ERA right now of 273 he's throwing 100 he's knocking on the door 200 200 innings pitched which by the way uh I've got it I've got it on here there's only one pitcher in the history of the award that has won it with less than 200 innings pitched and that was Clayton Kershaw and I believe that was in 2014 I'd have to go back and look. I believe it was 2014. So it has been done before, but I think this is a little different because if I remember correctly, Kershaw was at like 198. So it was basically 200, 200 innings pitched. And right now he only has 147. He threw one inning Tuesday night or last night officially, I guess. It's Wednesday. Um, I mean, Kluber's another guy. He's got a two nine one ERA. He's also throwing 195 innings, uh, like Verlander. He's got a WHIP of 0.95. He does have 18 wins, which again, not my favorite stat, but it's noteworthy. Uh, I mean, he's obviously contributing to the best team in the AL Central right now. He's pulling his weight. Um. But the problem is, is he lacks in some of those other categories that Sale is just blowing everybody else away in. So I'm not saying Sale should necessarily win it. All I'm saying is you can't rule him out. It has been done before, like I said, in terms of Indians pitch, because that's his biggest, that's that's what he's got working against the most right now is the amount of time he's missed. But it has been done. And... We all know that these writers get these things, get these awards wrong all the time, and we've seen it. And we let them know, and the players let them know. I know you remember uh, Verlander. Speaking of Verlander, back in 2016, you remember when who was it? Uh, Porcello that won it. Is that right? Yeah. And it, uh, you remember when Kate Upton just went on a tr- uh, Twitter rampage? Do you remember that? Do you remember hearing about that? I didn't know she talked. They were, yeah, they were dating. At the, they, they were dating at the time, and she tweeted at the. I don't even know who she tweeted at. Like, I don't think she tweeted at the writers. Like, I don't. I think it was a response to somebody, wasn't it? I think it was, but she was like, 
hey, MLB, I thought I was the only one that could F Verlander. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, again, that's just proof there that these guys get it wrong. So who knows? Maybe Sale could sneak it out with his uh, 147 innings pitched. We'll see. I don't know. All I'm saying is don't rule him out. It's a big chunk. We got some DMs. Yeah, yeah, we do. Both of them on Instagram tonight. Um, wow, you hit me with a hard one tonight as far as pronunciation goes. Uh, Guana Quado. G-U-A-N-A-J-U-A-T-O-25. What are your thoughts about how the MLB handled the weather situation in D.C.? Well, I think they did all that they could do. Because, as you and I both know, when it rains and there's no sign of let up, there's literally nothing you can do. Like... You can talk logistics beforehand all you want, but if the rain is not stopping, you're not playing. Well, fill me in because I think wasn't it like um, so tarp they had a, tarp, well tarp. so they had a doubleheader on I believe it was Saturday this past Saturday, uh, and the start of game one was delayed like two hours, okay. uh, so it pushed them way back, and then game two was actually delayed like an hour and a half in the middle of the eighth inning. And get this, game two didn't resume until it was like close to one forty-five in the morning. And I actually, I actually uh, quote tweeted a picture on Twitter from I guess it was like a writer or some sort of reporter that was there for that doubleheader, and he was actually he actually tweeted a picture of the uh, game as it resumed at like one forty-five, and there honestly there was probably. Minus like staff and attendance and all that stuff, there was probably fifteen people there, and it was just horrendous in terms of why not bang it? Like why not? It's already official. You're in the eighth inning. You can call that an official game. End it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of those answers, I don't have them. But in in terms of trying to get the games in, like as a package deal, kind of trying to bang out both in, in the, on Saturday, I get it. Um, cause I've been hearing from my family and friends back home. It's just been raining nonstop for like ever up there. And I think that they knew that and they're like, well, what else are we going to like? We have to do something. We got to get these games in somehow. Um, but the thing is, is they're going to make the game up. Uh, it was, I think it was a four-game series, and they're actually making up the fourth game this Thursday. So it's Wednesday, so tomorrow. Um, the Cubs are finishing their series with the Brewers at home. They're going to fly to Washington for like a late afternoon game. I think it's at like three or four. And then they're flying back to Chicago for a series against the Reds. But the problem with that, it, it sounds great. Like, it's your best option, but the issue is, as we mentioned, we got a hurricane rolling into town, and while D.C. isn't going to be the in the direct route of it, it's gonna they're going to get some rain, enough rain to cancel a baseball game. So there's people talking about, 
maybe pushing it to the end of the season, which to me just, I mean, I know you got to get your 162 games in, but with the Nats just being completely out of it at this point, the Cubs, I mean, I guess it does have an impact on the Cubs because they're kind of dealing with right uh, some Brewers. standing matters right now. But Cubs, I, or I mean, the, uh, the Cardinals are in the mix too, so. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely has an effect on them, but just in terms of scheduling, it it just seems like a burden. Like, I get that it has to be played, but it's like, how many flights can the Cubs possibly take to Washington before they finally get a game in? So I don't know. I mean, I think in terms, again, I think in terms of personnel making decisions, they did what they had to do. You can only do so much, but I mean, at the end of the day, Mother Nature rules over any decision that you could possibly make about logistics. So it is what it is. Is what it is. I like that. Uh, next one, B2 underscore Gilman, G-I-L-M-A-N underscore 34. Will you be surprised if the Red Sox don't win the World Series? Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go downtown, find the tallest building, and jump off. I think that we well, there's got to be a punishment if they don't for you. I don't think it's death, <laughs> but I think it is. Well, I will feel like death if they yeah. don't if they don't win. I mean, they just notched but, their 99th win tonight. They're knocking on the door of a hundred. They're in they're en route to achieving the best record in franchise history. So. I mean, you saw, I don't know, is there such thing as coasting? Like, we talked about how the Indians could be coasting. Are the Red Sox coasting? And no. Do, they, and do I, they go into the playoffs a little? I don't think they're coasting, and I know it sounds biased that I'm saying that, but here's why I don't think that they're coasting. They're dealing with some internal issues right now that they're trying to figure out. Specifically, I'm looking directly at the bullpen when I say that. Because we have to figure something out with pitching because we we all know that you cannot survive in the postseason, much less the American League postseason on that side of the bracket. You cannot survive if you don't have pitching because right. the offenses are deadly. And if you don't have it figured out in the back end, you're not going to make it very far. And so I think we're trying to win games and I think we're trying to put these guys in positions to succeed and so in order to do that, you have to be playing good baseball. And not to say that they're, they've been playing great baseballs of late because they hit, they hit a little bit of a bump there. But I think because they have to put these guys in positions to succeed, they're, they're focusing more on that than kind of looking ahead to October because they're not able to really look ahead that far until they have everything back here buttoned up. So I don't think they're in the same boat as say Cleveland, because I think that we're really trying to figure out what we're going to do about our pitching staff moving forward. So that's my take on it. We shall see. But do you have any uh, suggestions for this punishment? I'm curious. Uh, if the they don't win off the top of your head, uh, a, a post on social media of you wearing a Yankees hat. Well, you're gonna have to send that to me because I'm not buying a Yankees hat. Yeah, I I agree. I don't own a Red Sox hat either. I own a lot of hats, and Red Sox are not one of them. So I understand. 
But I think we can find, I'm sure we could find a fan. You just nab that off of his head real quick and, and wear one for a nice little selfie. How's that sound? Well, I mean, if we're going to do that, then you're, we're going to have to figure out something if they do win. Because that's an equal, you have to you have to be punished for that too. Because all this, all, all right, this, how about this? All we'll, this optimistic we'll, talk you've had of the Yankees. I mean, <laughs> we will we will readdress this topic. We will we will come back to this topic if Sox Yanks meet up in the ALCS. Deal. I mean, y'all are gonna have your hands full with Oakland and the wild card game. So let me know when y'all get up to the ALCS because we'll be waiting on you. All right, we'll see. All right. Well, that wraps it up with DMs, I believe. So let me run it back here with the recap. Uh, starting from the beginning, it took far too long for the ground rule double to become an actual thing. Yaz achieved one of the greatest milestones in baseball against the best possible team to do it against. Barry Bonds' 73rd home run sold for half of what it was valued at, and I can't say I'm upset about it. The Yankees have some questions that will be answered with time. Otani is allergic to doctors, but has an apparent case of hitting the cover off the ball. Major League Baseball rosters could look much different in 2019 thanks to a talent-packed free agent pool. And lastly, you can't rule Chris Sale out of the American League Cy Young contention conversation. That's what we talked about. I'm going to flip it over to you, as usual, for what they're not talking about. All right, guys. So what they're not talking about, uh, numero uno, the Braves are apparently asking for $4.6 million from their taxpayers of Cobb County, Georgia. Um, apparently, SunTrust Park has already cost Cobb County $400 million, and then they later tapped on for another $14 million for transportation and infrastructure or whatever. But finally, Cobb County has put their foot down on the last $4.6 million. I mean, if you're the Braves, you just got to keep going back to the cookie jar to get caught, you know? Why not? Uh, next one. Apparently, the Red Sox and the Yankees are not too happy with the Josh Donaldson trade to Cleveland. Um, here's what's a little weird about it is because apparently he was healthy enough to be put on waivers, but not healthy enough to join Cleveland right away. Because as we all know, as soon as he got to Cleveland, they threw him on the DL. By rule... Uh, he should have had to be put on the active roster immediately. Um, so I can kind of see why the Sox and Yankees are a little upset about it. I mean, it seems like the MLB just kind of shrugged their shoulders on this one and swept it under the rug. Yeah, and I usually don't like jumping into your section, but I got to say something. I saw some tweets today where it was like, oh, God forbid if the best team in baseball doesn't get everything that they want on their way to winning 100-plus games. No, bite me. If these teams are trying to make moves to set themselves up to win a World Series, they should be entitled to do so without criticism. I don't understand why, because they want Josh Donaldson and they're upset that this whole deal didn't work out because of some sleazy details, that the fact that they're upset about that gets ridiculed, I don't understand. These teams are trying to win a World Series. Exactly, I agree. And not to mention, Cleveland is probably going to be in either the Red Sox or Yankees way to get there. So, like, it's definitely relevant for them to be upset about it. So, I, I agree with you. Uh, next one, the Orioles. This one's kind of cool about the Orioles. A little positive note about them. The 
The Orioles will be the first team in professional sports to wear a Braille uniform uh, next week, September 18th. Uh, the O's will host a blind night at Camden Yards and will recognize the 40th anniversary of the National Federation of the Blind, which happens to be headquartered in, uh, in Baltimore. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. So, you know, classy move by the Orioles. Um, my last one kind of ties in now that we're officially into football season. We could see another multi-sport athlete stud here pretty soon. Uh, Oklahoma QB Kyler Murray scored five touchdowns this past weekend for the Sooners. And for those of you who didn't know, Murray was drafted by the A's in the first round this year. But uh, NCAA rules allows Kyler to play one year at OU after signing his $5 million contract with Oakland. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe this guy could be the next star in both pads and spikes. Come to baseball. Get that paycheck, boy. He's already got that 5 mil signing bonus, so props to that dude. Um, and uh, one last thing, if you guys will bear with me. Um, today we are recording uh, 9-11, obviously. Um, you know, heavy hearts all around the country. Um, I just want to say, you know, I think as Americans, we do a great job of recognizing our military and appreciate what they sacrifice. But I hope our listeners can also remember the sacrifices uh, first responders make. Um, the men and women who don medic blues, badges and bunker gear on a daily basis are heroes that deserve all the things we can give. Uh, so please don't let September 11th be the only day we think of them. Uh, and never forget the 71 police officers and the 343 firefighters that were lost yep. uh, 17 years ago. Um, never forget our duties as Americans. And God bless the red, white, and blue. I love it. Always with the nuggets of gold at the end. I love it. Gotta gotta add it in well i know this i know uh today you know kind of hits you you know a little bit closer to home because you know your dad was a longtime firefighter i know close to 30 years so it uh definitely hits home yeah you know i mean every year i try to take time on september 11th to just sit back and reflect on what these men and women sacrificed on that day going into a situation that they truly had no idea what lied on the other side and it's just, it's tough to think about, but I know I'm personally glad that we had those people going in and doing the jobs that they did because there's a lot of people that wouldn't have the stones to do it. But like my dad always told me, there was firefighters going up the towers and there was people coming down. And that right there to me embodies kind of just the overall sacrifice that was made, not just with firefighters, but with police officers, just first responders in general, and even the people who weren't in uniform, but still looked for a way to help in any capacity that they could. Um, Just American heroes in every sense of the word. And I think that this is a day that we can't let escape our memory because if we do then we lose sight of 
the fabric that this country is made up of and the people that it's made up of. So very important day. And you just, again, you hit the nail right on the head. These sacrifices that were made are something that we can't take for granted. For tonight's ceremonial first pitch, and please welcome the President of the United States. But uh, that about does it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys next Wednesday. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And be sure to turn on the push notifications so you'll be able to catch every new episode as soon as it drops. Additionally, if you guys could leave a review, it'd be greatly appreciated. We love you all. We look forward to talking more baseball next week. Until next time, Dirt to Diamonds family, stay filthy. Quiet to hop on this beat, come at it with that murder. This irreversible circle, I won't crash and I won't stop. This ain't no all state commercial, but this the diary of that kid you shouldn't mess with. I could massacre you, but that isn't on my set list. You best start dating watches, it's the times that you should get with. Plug your earphones into my personal stash of antidepressants. Treat these lyrics like them Zans bottles popping off the top, but I don't down them. I just headshot and match you in the fact that you don't. Running this place, proves to me I gotta stop being so nice on the stage. I what the heck you doing now, boy? I'm running this. What the heck you doing now, boy? I'm writing hits. What the heck you doing now, boy? I'm running this. If we talking flows, then you know that I'm beside a kid. Told them I was a rapper. They did not believe it. Let's see what they say when they see them saying it's Mikey season. My teachers probably think I'm somewhere gripping on a Tina's. Little do they know that Mikey, yeah, he became a genius. He came on the scene before 17 with the mind of Einstein. Kind of fine, now we work some kind of lines like cyanide. Crush this in your mouth and hit up that place with the angels. My work is heavenly, devilish. You love it when it's painful, when it takes shape. But the open gate you got in your chest and you fill it up with that real. So much it stays in your breath And you just living your life And you just taking that step And you just taking that crown Cause you know where it fits best Yeah Let's go What, 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 what What, 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 what What the heck you doing now Boy, I'm running this What the heck you doing now Boy, I'm writing hits What the heck you doing now, boy, I'm running this. If we talking flows, then you know that.